Welcome home. I'm John Hernandez, and you have tuned in to the CFA Church Podcast. If you have any questions about CFA Church, feel free to visit us at cfachurch.com. We pray that you would walk away from this moment loving Jesus and changing the world. Enjoy the podcast. Well, if this is your first time at CFA or you're watching us online for the first time, you may be thinking, what in the world did I walk into? People bringing stuff into what was with the baskets? What were, the, were they speaking in tongues? Like, what was going on with the skip to my loo thing? What's, what's going on here? And uh, so this is part of every year our Christmas production as an outreach to the community. We've done Annie. We've done several, uh, the, the Scrooge. And, and this year, meet me in St. Louis. You are not going to want to miss it. Make sure you get your tickets for yourself and for somebody else, friends, neighbors, coworkers, and bring them in because just about everything we do at CFA, we're going to share the gospel and give people an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. We had the, my family and I had the amazing opportunity to join some of this cast uh, yesterday at the Christmas parade in Concord. Any Christmas uh, parade goers yesterday saw some of you out there. It was uh, really cool. And we passed out 13,000 invitations to Christmas at CFA. So these guys were working hard. And uh, I got to tell you, it was, it was amazing. It really was amazing. So I, I hadn't done this kind of thing in years, but I kind of cut my teeth on what they used to call street ministry. So we would like go out and do drama or as part of festivals and different things and, and share Christ with people, try to witness and hand out things. And if you have ever done that, you know that the reception... Um, to your presentation or to any kind of material that you're handing them may be uh, polite at best. And yesterday, I, I mean, it was just amazing. People three, four, five rows deep just reaching out for these uh, flyers and everything. And look, I get it. It was a parade and everybody was in a good mood and it was something free. But I really believe it is a picture. That was a picture of how hungry people are for Jesus and how hungry people are for for good news. Um, so here's what I want you to do. As important as each one of those 13,000 invitations that went out yesterday was, I want you to practice with me. Get ready to practice. I'm going to give you a long phrase, and then I want you to ask this to your neighbor. Just turn to somebody and say, would you come to a Christmas experience at CFA Church with me? Go ahead, and you can practice. You see how easy that was? You are all now evangelists. So that is the most important invitation that you can give to somebody that knows you personally. Bring them with you. You say, Pastor Doug, I don't know what's going to happen. Here's what's probably going to happen. Uh, they're probably going to live wide awake to the love of God, fully alive to their purpose, and probably end up in that baptismal tank and be baptized and give their heart to Jesus. So that's, that's what's probably going to happen. Can we partner together to make this the greatest outreach that we've ever seen for Christmas? Would you do that. Let's pray and believe that way. If you've got your copy of the Word of God this morning, take it out, turn to Ezekiel chapter 46. I can't wait to preach this Word to you this morning because a lot of times when I preach a Word, it's about what God is going to do or what God wants you to do in the future. But I want to preach this Word to you this morning because I don't know if we fully realize what just happened. Like, do you, do you get, like, sometimes when you say that, like, 
what, ju what just happened here? Or do you realize the full extent, the full consequences of your decision? That is not exactly given in the, the best of context, but do you realize, church, do you realize what just happened in the heavenlies during that offering? Do, do you realize what just do you realize what just opened up? And I don't want to just give you some emotionally charged thing. I want to go to the word of God this morning. This is what God's word says just took place and what we can expect to walk in. Ezekiel chapter 46, I want to begin reading at verse 9. But when the people of the land come to worship God at the commanded feasts, those who enter through the north gate will exit from the south gate. And those who enter from the south gate will exit from the north gate. You don't exit the gate through which you enter, but through the opposite gate. This is not my message, but I just think it's cool that every time we come into a worship experience with the sovereign and almighty God, we can expect that we're not going to leave the same way we walked in. We may leave hungry, but we're going to leave full. We may enter needy, but we're going to leave with something to give. We may enter sad, but we're going to leave with the joy of the Lord. We may enter with, with anxiety or fear or depression, but we're going to leave, leave with hope. Come on, are you, are you excited this morning that we get to leave, we get to leave change every time we worship, every time the word of God is open, we have an opportunity to leave different. And so then it says in verse 12, and this is our theme scripture for the morning. When the prince, see, you didn't know you were royalty, and I'm going to slash princess here. You're ro tell your neighbor you're royalty. Now tell them, and I expect you to treat me like that. <laughs> when the prince brings a free will offering, that's what you just did, free will offering. It wasn't, the, the, tithe, the tithe is returned to the Lord, and this was a free will offering. Whether a burnt offering, now we didn't, I didn't notice any burnt offerings, although some of y'all pulled the trigger on a deer yesterday, and I'm happy for you, and you're, you're more than welcome to give your pastor a tenth of that. I'm just throwing that out there. A burnt offering or a peace offering, watch this. <laughs> the east gate is opened for him. See, there are gates, there are gates in the heavenlies, and when, when God creates something in the heavenlies, there is a mirror reflection of what is in heaven on earth. And when something opens up in the heavens, it opens up on earth. You're giving opened gates. You're giving just open gates. I don't know whether you felt it, but the Bible isn't about a feeling. I don't know whether you sensed it, but the Bible isn't always about what you sense. The word of God says that when you gave, what just took place is that gates, oh my goodness, gates, gates are open. Gates are open. Say, what's the significance of gates, pastor? Proverbs 18, a person's gift can open doors for him and brings him before the great. Psalm 118, open to me the gates of righteousness and I shall enter through them. 
Psalm 24, lift up your heads, O gates, and lift them, O ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Isaiah 26, open the gates that the righteous nation may enter, those who remain faithful. Acts 12, when they had passed the first and second guard, they came to the iron gates that lead into the city, which opened for them by itself. And they went out along the street, and immediately an angel departed from them. Isaiah chapter 60, your gates will be open continually. Gates are significant all throughout Scripture. The vulnerability and the strength of a city was all about their gates. Now, maybe you have a gate at your house that was installed by your landscaper last fall. And I'm happy for you, and I'm happy that your gate keeps your dog in and the neighbors out. But this isn't the kind of gates that I'm talking about. I'm talking about gates that were made of wood and iron. I'm talking about gates like the gate beautiful in the book of Acts. This was Herod's gate that required 20 men just to lower that thing and raise it on up. And whoever listened to this, watch this, because remember what's true in the supernatural, what's true in the spirit is true in the physical world, and what's true in the physical world is true in the spirit, that whoever controlled the gates controlled the city. And what we just did is we opened up some gates for the love of God to begin to throw through this church and to flow into our city and to flow into our homes like never before. Whoever, whoever controls the stronghold controls the entire city. The gates were open during the day, day to allow citizens to come and go. We're generally closed and barred at night as a safety measure. The gates in the book of Ruth were seats of authority. The gates in Proverbs were the place of wisdom. Judges and officers served at the gates administering justice in the book of Deuteronomy. The prophets proclaimed God's message in Jeremiah. In Nehemiah, the word of God was, was read. The gates are significant in our homes in our families, in your job, in your business, in your relationship, in your emotions, in every area. There are gates. There are gates in your life. There are gates in your home. And so you're giving this morning. Your giving opens gates. Let me give you these things that you just opened up that you may not have even realized you access. Number one, it accesses the flow of heaven. It accesses the flow of heaven. So back to Ezekiel, and this is the prophet Ezekiel as he sees this vision from the Lord and he's communicating what he saw in heaven. Now he brought me back to the entrance of the temple and I saw water pouring out from under the temple porch to the east. Side note, direction is going to be really important in this message. So note the direction. It's facing the east. The temple porch is facing the east. And the temple also faced the east. And water poured out from the south side of the temple, south of the altar, because God is a southerner as well, <laughs> and an easterner. Like he's a south, God is from the southeast. I like that. I think I ought to preach that message. He took me out through the north gate complex, but he brought us northerners down to the south. Amen. He knew what he was doing here. And led me around. We don't even see West isn't even in here. Those West Coast people. I'm just kidding. We love you. Those of you watching in California online, we love you. Led me around to the outside of the gate complex on the east. And the water was gushing from under the south of the front of the temple. So there's this, there's this flow of heaven. 
right? There's this, there's this river, I, I, Ezekiel sees this river. It's a river of life, it's a river of peace, it's a river of health, it's a river of grace, it's a river of provision, it's a river, every, everything that you could want in life, the goodness of God brings this. There is a river that's flowing. How many of you want access to that? I want access to that river. But have you ever tried to access something that you didn't have access to? Have you ever tried to access the flow of something that you did not have access to the flow of that? Like, like for, for instance, when, when 9 o'clock rolls around and you go to pour yourself 9 o'clock in the evening and you go to pour yourself a bowl of cereal, like, like honey bunches of oats, which is my jam right now. And, and when your wife goes to BJ's and gets the double box of honey bunches of oats. Now, uh, this, what I'm about to tell you has no significant spiritual value. But it is a value. I, I feel like s some people just need coached on how to eat a good bowl of cereal. Oh, Pastor Doug, it doesn't matter what kind of bowl I have. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It matters. It matters. So, so the, first of all is the type of bowl that you select. Now, you don't want, don't give me, don't give me one of these bowls at a fancy restaurant that is this wide, but the actual part of the bowl is like this big and this shallow. Anybody ever get soup at one of those fancy restaurants and they bring you out like, where's, where's the rest of my soup? Because you gave me a quarter inch of soup in a bowl that was this big. You don't want a bowl like that. You don't need a shallow. But you, I'm going to also say you don't want your mixing bowl because you've got a sogginess factor going on there that you got to choose the right size. You need the perfect size bowl. And then also you need, I, I would submit to you that your cereal enjoyment is as much about your spoon choice as anything. Don't give me a teaspoon to eat my cereal with. What you want is a tablespoon size because it's all about the proportion of cereal to milk. So you've got your bowl size, you've got your spoon size, and then the third thing, and here's the key. Watch this. Here's the key. It's the speed. It's the speed. Don't talk to me when I'm eating a bowl of cereal. Now is not the time to have a conversation with me. I'm not about to help you with your math homework when I'm eating my frosted mini wheats, okay? Because there's a rhythm there's a rhythm to this and it's spoon bite spoon bite spoon bite you say break Doug no you don't bite you just said what do you do with the food in your mouth Doug you move it off to the other side of your mouth and you keep chewing there's a pro there's a flow to eating cereal because it's all about the perfect proportion of the crispiness to the milk in the cereal does that help anybody this morning say amen I'm, I'm going to keep helping you. So I mentioned, I mentioned something called milk. And, and you would think this would go without saying, but I looked up the definition of milk. And milk is a liquid, this is shocking, I know, that comes from mammals. And the last I checked, an almond is not a mammal. Ma'am, I'm happy for your coconut. I'm sure it's going to make a really good pie at Thanksgiving, but a coconut is not a mammal. And, and by the way, on this thing, 
Can we stop with the low percentage and act like that's a good thing? When was the last time that 1% of anything was good? Your child walks in, says, Mama, I got a 1% on my history test. You are not celebrating that. You're going to say, where's the other 99% at? Can I get somebody that is interested in raising the percentage points of our milk? Like the red cap, like 100%, like we're all in on this thing. And that gap from 100% to 2%, where is that? Like what happened to 50% or 75%? To quote the great theologian Ron Swanson, the only thing I hate worse than liars is skim milk because basically it's water lying about being milk. Come on, does that help anybody this morning? Can we just have a good bowl of cereal? Set somebody free in the house this morning. <laughs> but here's, the, here's, the, here's, the, here's where I'm, I actually am going somewhere with this. Because you got to have, for a good bowl of cereal, you got to have access to the flow. Now, I just got to ask the question, who is it in your house that thinks it's okay to drink the milk all the way down to the last half of an inch and put that milk back in the refrigerator? Go ahead, point them out. Like, point them out because it's in, they're in every house. I know. It's me. I get it. It's, I do that. But here's the... <laughs> Because I'm too lazy to open up the trash can and put it in there. Here's the rule. If you can hear it sloshing, it can go back in the refrigerator. So that's kind of the way I, I look at it. I'm just trying to serve the next person. Maybe they need a thimble full of milk. I don't know what they want. <laughs> but I'm preaching about access to flow. <laughs> access. Access to flow. You don't like milk? Just, just substitute your, your Holy Spirit beverage of choice and the sun drop or cheer wine or whatever. Like whatever it is, just whatever you need unlimited access to. And that's what our God is. God is saying, did you notice that there was not a limit to the supply from the throne room of heaven? That there is an unlimited supply of joy and peace and grace. Maybe somebody, I'm preaching this to, to somebody this morning, that you feel like the graces run out in your life, that the forgiveness, that the mercy God says to you that his grace is unlimited in your life, his mercy, his favor is unlimited. Aren't you thankful? Come on, church, somebody give him praise that we serve a God of unlimited resource. And then it gives us access to a deeper experience with the Holy Spirit. He walked to the east with a measuring tape and measured off 1,500 feet. So Ezekiel's still talking here. And he, he led me into the water that was ankle deep. And then another 1,500 feet, he led me to water that was knee deep. And he measured another 1,500 feet and he led me through water that was waist deep. And he measured off another 1,500 feet and, and it was a river that was over my head. Water to swim in, water that nobody could possibly walk through. I don't know how many years you've been saved. I don't know how many messages you've heard preached. I don't know how many times you've read through the copy of God's word. But God has more for you this morning. He wants to lead you you deeper? Aren't you thankful that God is always leading us deeper? 
He's always got more for you. He's got another insight. He's got more revelation. He's got more of his presence. He's got more that he wants to flow to you and more that he wants to flow through you. Number three, it accesses bringing life to dead places in our city. He said, son of man, have a good look. Then he took me back to the riverbank, and while sitting on the bank, I noticed a lot of trees on both sides of the river, and he told me the water flows. Hey, did I mention the direction is important here? I'm going to get to that. I'll get to it. But it flows east. And it descends to the Arabah and then into the sea, the sea of stagnant waters. So this river uh, and this sea that Ezekiel is talking about is, is the Dead Sea. Is another name of it. It's the Dead Sea. And when it empties into those waters, the sea will become fresh because wherever the river flows, life will flourish. Dead Sea is, is an interesting place uh, geographically and um, all that goes into that. Some of you may have traveled to Israel and, and know this, but uh, the Dead Sea, the shore of the Dead Sea on dry land is the, is the lowest point of dry land on the face of the earth. So it's 1,300 feet below sea level. So what happens is that water flows into the Dead Sea, but because it's so low, water cannot flow out of the Dead Sea. And because the climate is so hot, 7 million gallons of water per day evaporate. And so the minerals don't evaporate, the salt doesn't evaporate. So what you have is a sea that is 26 to 32% salt. That's real salty. So if like you were at uh, the beach this past weekend and you got hit with a wave and took a gulp of water, that water was about 10% saline. Uh, and this is, so this is about, this is about uh, three times more salty than the, than the ocean. And, and so because of all of this, there are little bacteria, there are little microscopic organisms that live in there, but, but nothing, no fish, because it's, because it's so low, because it's so low. And maybe, maybe this morning there's somebody that feels like they have hit a bottom, a low place in their life that God can't reach that place. Pastor, you don't know what I've done you don't know what sin I've committed. You don't know how bad off my marriage is right now. You don't know how bad uh, of a parent I was. You don't know what I said to my coworker this past week. You don't know the thoughts that I deal with. You don't know what I battle with. And can I tell you that according to the word of God, the river of life can reach to your lowest spot. I'm so thankful for a God that doesn't just love the best about me. He loves the worst about me. He loves the worst about you. He loves your ugly areas, your, the areas that you don't want anybody else to know about. He loves the areas that you feel so low that you don't want anything. You don't think any, there's no life that can live there. There's no life that can come out of there. But God says his river is flowing to those area, areas of your life and then connected to that. It accesses what I believe is going to be the greatest year of evangelism that Cabarrus County and the Davidson areas have ever seen. And so then listen to this, great schools of fish, great schools of fish, because the river is turning the salt sea into fresh water where the river flows, life abounds. Fishermen will stand shoulder to shoulder along the shore from En Gedi all the way north to El Eglom casting their nets. What you got to realize is like Ezekiel's, Ezekiel's a little bit of a crazy prophet. 
Like if you read through the book of Ezekiel, God asked him to do some strange things. So Ezekiel's already got this little bit of an edge to him. But this may be like one of the strangest messages that Ezekiel ever preached. So let me, let me explain this to you. So this was a good old fishing message. Any fishermen in the house, ladies are in the house, you like. So let's just pretend that this morning service, this is not real by the way, so just pretend this is that we're not really giving these things away after service. But let's pretend that this service was sponsored by Bass Pro, and let's pretend that your reel of choice, your rod of choice is available to you in the lobby, and I'm preaching about fishing, and, and I'm saying that we're going to go on a good fishing trip, and so you're getting all excited. I'm getting some free gear. Where are we going, Pastor Doug? Are we going over to Tillery? Are we going to Baden? Are we going down to your little secret spot on Rocky River? I don't have one of those, but just, uh, are we going? Are we going out into the, are we going deep sea fishing? Are we going out, you know, where are we going? We're doing some shore fishing. Where are we going? And I say, nah, guys, grab your rod and reel. God says we're going fishing in the parking lot. That's what, that's what is it, that's the message that Ezekiel preached. He said, let's go fish. Guys, we're going to be standing shoulder to shoulder. You and all your fishing buddies are going to be standing shoulder to shoulder catching crazy amounts of fish in the Dead Sea. I refer you back to the last point, that there are some microscopic organisms that live in the Dead Sea, and that is it. Like zero, no fish. There are no fish in the Dead Sea. And what God says is because the Bible says in the New Testament that we are to be fishers of men. And he equates this to souls being saved. So what the Bible is telling us is you're about to see people saved in your life in areas that you didn't think it was humanly possible to see them see, saved. That's what God is up to. Shoulder to shoulder. We're just pulling them in. And did you see, like, how many fish? The fish of the Mediterranean. How many fish are in the Mediterranean? I got lazy last night, and I didn't want to count. But go ahead and Google it right now. Pull it up on Wikipedia and start scrolling through all of the fish that are in the Mediterranean, and you'll get to the end by the time I finish this point. Like, there's a lot, there's a lot of fish, shoulder to shoulder. You just keep casting them in. Pastor Doug, I don't get it. I invited a person to, to uh, see the production, to meet me in St. Louis, and they were skipping to my loo, and somebody got saved, and then they got baptized the next Sunday. And then they went out and told three friends about it, and they got saved, and we're baptizing all of them the week after that. And, and I have somebody that I've been praying for for years, and it seemed like they seemed like the Dead Sea. And I got somebody that I work with, and he, Pastor, he's the Dead Sea, if that were there was a dead sea and God says watch watch who I flow life to watch who watch who I give see I think God I think God kind of smiles and he's like watch I'm about to give grace to somebody that you're not going to believe it somebody that you think is so far like the meanest nastiest person that you can think of and God's like I'm gonna love them into the kingdom I'm gonna flow love to them I'm gonna flow mercy to them I'm gonna flow life and what God says is who will partner with me to channel all of this love and beauty and goodness and grace and life into the lives of people and if you will partner with God to do that there is no limit to what he will do through you because watch this now number five giving this gift it unlocks the gates, it unlocks the gates, and it accesses fruit and food and healing for those uh, through which it flows. So then it says in verse 11, the swamps and the marshes actually won't become fresh. So, so there are unfortunately people 
who were going to miss the flow. Like God's flow and God's like, I got all this good stuff, but there's people who will refuse the love of God. And so they're outside in this stagnant water, but they don't have to be. They'll stay salty, but the river itself on both banks will grow fruit trees of all kinds. Their leaves won't rip wither, the fruit won't fail. Every month they'll bear fresh fruit because the river from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will be food and their leaves will be for healing. See, what God flows through us, he also wants to get to us. Thank you so much for joining us. Here at CFA Church, it is our deepest hope that you have found the place that you can call home. For more information about this community or to find out how you can connect, simply head over to cfachurch.com where you can plan a visit right from the website. It is our prayer that you will continue to love Jesus and change the world. God bless you.